0: Hi, I'm James,
1: and I'm Drew, and
0: welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and
1: the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support
0: for another episode of graphic support group and i'm james and i'm drew um and today we're really excited we have two very special people uh calling in from rotterdam uh team thursday is a graphic design studio started by simone Trum and los van s um they have been working together since starting the studio soon after finishing their studies um They're based in Rotterdam, as I mentioned, and have contributed to the recent rise in cultural production from the Dutch city. Uh, Their work combines a sense of rigor and graphical whimsy, always challenging their own standards and presenting new ideas in welcoming ways. We're excited to have them join us on Graphic Support Group today. Hi, Simone and Los.
2: Hi. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for making time. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for coming on. We've actually wanted... We, I think that we've been talking about having you guys on for like a year now or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's been
2: too long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're like big fans, always like loved the work and never really knew too much about the background and stuff so really excited Mm -hmm. to like dig into that yeah so we're really
0: excited about that (laughs) um i guess we'll just uh jump right in with our recurring question uh Hmm. what experience from your design careers have affected you emotionally or psychologically
3: yeah that's it's like such a heavy sound uh sounded question already but anyway uh yeah of course uh, we knew this question was uh, coming up and uh, we thought about it. And yeah, I must say that um, what I want to, uh, yeah, what I think was really influencing uh, how I felt about my practice as a graphic designer and as, yeah, what experience was really influential was actually the residency uh, that we uh, both um did at the MMCA uh, museum in the in Seoul in South Korea and that's actually also where we met of course James uh, yes yes
0: yeah, we did met that so
3: yeah yeah that's where we that's
0: oh yeah with hipojanchi yeah. too yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah so um and um so that was a period of time that we it it's now already uh, 5 years ago uh, and I think at that time we were working together for maybe uh, seven years. Yeah, for already a couple of years. And um, uh, we took some time off to do this residency in uh, in Seoul. And it was really, yeah, I mean, you can talk a lot about it, but we were so used to um, being in the studio, working with client commissioners and uh, in, in projects and in assignments. And um, I think... F- for me it's it helps a lot to see that um you you can also trust on yourself in yourself um uh by you know taking up a challenge like that and just saying um okay, we take a few months like half a year in this year to just do whatever we want and to go to a new place and uh discover things what we want to do and um It was just a very it was also a bit scary to do that you know because you have to say uh, like okay we can't do any other projects um but it was really a super positive time for us and also changed like how um, how i felt about our practice and that there was that you really you know need to take that time to think of what you want to do yourself and then and I think uh now is again, it's been a while, so it's it's really good to think back to that time, like, okay, uh what did, did I learn then and um still keep it in mind, you know, to take that uh time for yourself as well
2: yeah, it's about it's about like some choices that feel like a big risk that a lot of the times really pay off. So, and that's also in saying no to certain things. So, I think in that time we we just we just said no to some assignments, and it's still like that. Like this this year, we decided to not teach for a year. So we teach in Arnhem um, typography, and um, um, for several reasons we thought it would be too much to do it. And I found that also to make that decision quite intense because I love to teach and I love the interaction and. Um, but then while we actually did it for us, it turned out really well. So that's Mm. like, so when we look at the question from a really positive side, that it's when, when we really try to rely on kind of our kind of gut feeling to whether or not to do some things that's, that feels, feels just really good.
0: I'm curious, like, uh, 2018, right? Yeah.
2: Even 17. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Part of 2017 leading into 2018. And I was always curious, like how you guys found the residency, like, and how you guys chose Korea. Like, of course the opportunity came, but it's like of all the places you could go, (laughs) Korea (laughs) Ah, was the one. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it was um, actually as, as you might or might not, might not know, of course in the Netherlands, um, there is this quite uh, good subsidy, Kind of system for designers, so um, there are several funds, and one of the biggest funds, the stimulerings funds, um, had this kind of open call for a, for a design for a residency period, and that was already at the MMCA uh, in Seoul. So that was kind of that was a possibility, um, and then the, the year before or the year before that, I don't remember, we went to Taipo Janshi and somehow we we. Also, the Tapu Donji Festival was quite, uh, quite good to see, but also we tried to meet as many designers, uh, as we, as we could during that time. And so we met Silky so and Min and we went to the Book Society and we were like, whoa, whoa, there are so many Dutch books here as well. Um, how does this kind of, ha- how, and, um, we walked around Uldiro, um with a friend of us, photographer Kyung Tae Kim, and we were just quite fascinated about the kind of super high rise of Seoul, but also this kind of, it felt like this kind of do it yourself kind of part, or this really hands-on uh, mentality. In I mean, that was our impression. So um, a combination of that, that we thought, oh, I, I think there are a lot of possibilities to make stuff in a really short period of time. And also an interest in like, what is the connection between South Korea and the Netherlands in terms of graphic design? Because I think there are many connections uh, and many um, Korean designers who studied in the Netherlands as well. So that was that was, that was the base. And then, yeah. yeah, so we found it through through that, um, uh, the Simulieringsfonds and then, um, yeah we we applied yeah and that was actually they had this this uh
3: arrangement that every half year there would be uh they had a you could apply and it was once it was for one time it was for a designer on the other half year it was for an artist and now it's Uh, only for artists i think and not anymore for designers so it was also a very good chance
0: yeah Yeah. um cool so just kind of like Taking a step back a little bit. Uh, so your practice is kind of based on your partnership, right? It's, it's you two are the primary operators and yeah. with yeah. collaborators and other designers that come in through. But, uh, we're curious, like, how the partnership began and then also, like, how do you feel comfortable? How did you feel comfortable in starting a studio? Was it Mm -hmm. sort of like a synergy that from working together? Um, and then now after many years working together, how do you sort of balance each other's lives? How do you support each other? And just how does that uh, partnership operate?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, It's, it's really, uh, uh, it's quite a a nice, way how we started because we studied together like you already mentioned in artes uh uh graphic design and um but we were friends and uh we thought like yeah we should not work together because i think one time we did this cool assignment together and it was really horrible
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of designing this kind of this it was information design something that we kind of hate in that sense yeah yeah
3: (laughs) <laughs> that was not a good uh, click, and uh, we thought like, oh, it's it's just good that we are friends, and um, we did our own thing after graduation. Uh, Simona did uh, yeah some a lot of traveling, and I had a job. And after a year, we um, applied for this summer school in um, Italy from the Werkplaats Typografie. The that was the first edition of that and um that was so we were both uh, accepted there and it was just a super great experience and we met such nice people and uh interesting designers there um which uh with some we still have uh contact so that's that was just also a very actually that was also a very good experience um in terms of you know thinking about what kind of uh work we wanted to do because then we uh were working there we we were doing our own project and then it kind of merged together in these weeks and we thought like okay this is working pretty well uh with the two of us and we talked a lot about uh, what we did and what we were searching for in graphic design and how we wanted to uh, uh work uh so after that we said like yeah let's um try to set up our own studio and but we did that with uh, a very long period of tryout, kind of like one day a week we didn't want to go dive right in and uh before it would all implode (laughs) Um, we really wanted to give it a good uh, experiment a time of experimenting so we did that and uh I think a year later or so we we really rented our own studio space and we, we went full on full
2: time Team Thursday. But I think it it all it all went very intuitively in a sense. So we never had any strategy and uh also the first first few years for us really feel like a playground and um that was, I mean, then still possible because we also both had really low rents and stuff. Like the whole, I don't know, that all changed so much. But we were able to do that and to just uh, also develop together, like what's, what you want to make. And I think uh, our studies was a bit more like, um, very much focused on the concept, the conceptual side of, of making a design and as a, a more the form language that we, that we, started to develop really really also took some time so that we we just ping-pong back and forth then yeah yeah so yeah we really
3: developed our own kind of signature in that uh in those years yeah i mean still Mm. i think
2: now still but then that's where we also found out like oh this this really i still really think that if we both wouldn't work together we would make totally different work both of us so that i think
1: Mm. Yeah, like what, what was the work like before? <laughs> like what it was your individual <laughs> oh, work yeah, like yeah. before?
2: Yeah. I mean, like in terms of how we are as designers, I think like with a different kind of approach, I think it's more like... Um, oh no, why am I saying this? Now I have to also answer this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I can start. Well, no. Yeah, but it's more like... Um, um, luce has this super detailed... I, and she, she doesn't tire from working on something. So she just kind of keeps on going. (laughs) Whereas I am maybe a bit more restless and want to stop sooner. So we sometimes have the feeling that if we wouldn't work together, like I would, um, lose, wouldn't start a project and I wouldn't finish a project kind of this, this way.
3: Yeah. So we really need each other in that sense (laughs) sense. (laughs) and I think also we, uh, you could see this already, this l- l- super small uh, starting point, what you just mentioned. You saw that already in our work back then, before we started our studio. Like, I think we both had a very uh, keen eye or like we really love to work with typography. And, uh, but I think in such a different way. Also because our studies, um, I think back then I was a bit more, I had some doubts about really uh working with topography in a more formal like uh visual way. I think back then I was more we were more trained to look at topography more in a functional kind of way. I think yeah a bit more dry and this juiciness that I now really love to work with um it came a bit later (laughs) if that makes sense.
1: Yeah like what what was the the impulse because there's so much like play in the work and like a lot of like there's this play, but then there's this rigor and it's like, we're curious, like where the impulse to be, be so playful and also the impulse to like develop this signature style that you were talking about. Like, was that a goal? Like you wanted to sort of like find something new or it's just kind of something you just, stumbled into that you really liked and just like that's the best way to work together
2: yeah i think the the, yeah. the latter yeah like I we never too. like we we never it there were no strategic thoughts also in the beginning it was just um doing what we what but also in that on that part on that kind of uh in that area we really stimulate each other i think so that's that was where i think that's why we also developed that part so much because Luz would make something, and then I would have a different kind of yeah. We really, it really got better when when we were uh, also looking at it, mm-hmm. uh, both of us, with a, from this different perspective. Yeah, I also like that rigourness that you say because that's somehow that's a word that we talk about now a lot. We're yeah. just making this book, and that's a theme. Yeah. It's kind of a theme in the book. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. That's a, a, a nice, nice, nice word. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's like. I'm just always curious how people have the, whether it's like the motivation or the impulse to create work that is like challenging itself. Like clearly like the work that you guys do, there is a sort of like impulse to not do the ordinary thing, (laughs) like to kind of undo Mm -hmm. or like kind of make decisions that seem to go against what what the actual like system might want to do but then it creates like a new system in and of itself like how did do you find like what is the headspace that you're in when you're kind of like trying to go through that process
3: Mm. yeah that's a good question (laughs) i think uh it's really uh, a back and forth thing like working very focused on something and then really trying to zoom out and look at it again and then dive into it again I but we all,
2: we never start with a kind of visual we always i think we almost always starts from ideas so it's always a reaction to a question that yeah. we try to answer more verbally i think in the, than than already by making making something visual so that that's where it starts. And then somehow we just find that there is a lot of power in having a really strong visual aspect to a design, mm-hmm. um, which is of course different for every designer, but that's just a really, a tool for us that we really feel, feel, feel comfortable with. And also something that we, we can keep on exploring in. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just, um, in that, in that, when we're in that phase, it's just like making a lot of sketches and. Um
0: I think you can really feel that in the work and it's great to hear the articulation because what I find is that like I guess Simone put it well in terms of there's always the question. So I feel like maybe that intuition where your answer doesn't feel satisfying to yourself, um if it maybe feels yeah. too formulaic or it feels too um yeah uncomfortable or personal in some ways you return to the question. So I think that plays out both formally as well as conceptually, because I really enjoy the projects where uh, you've approached the question, the answer to the question in like a kind of like playful game, like, uh we responded to this in the brief and we've set up this game that also plays out formally but also is ca- tied to your answer uh, conceptually so i think those kinds of pro- you, you feel that that sort of searching and it's really great to hear that like mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, it's about like answering the question that you find in the project uh for yourself and that kind of motivates you to continue to explore
2: yeah
3: yeah yeah there also yeah, yeah, there also yeah. seems
1: like there's like like what you were saying, where it's sort of like you're trying to find something surprising. And a lot of the times, like surprises happen when things feel like a moment in time or just like an instance instead of like a, f- a resolved thing. And I feel like a lot of the work, yeah. it has this sort of like deliberately unrefined, like unfinished, like in the middle, like snapshot kind of feeling. And that's like very dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's not like a finished thought. It's not like an answer. It's more like a process that's being documented. Um, so that feels like very playful and like exploratory, um, is like showing your hand and like showing your process and like showing kind of the method of making, uh, do you, how do you feel about that as like a, 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 you know, point of view on design. Cause a lot of people would say that's something that should be hidden. And then there's like, you know, there's like the, the glass, I hate talking about it this way because I'm, of your perspective but, uh, the like the glass what is it called? Uh, the,
0: the crystal uh, goblet of typography yeah where it's like the crystal goblet is this essay it's idea of typography yeah. as presenting the information in this sort of yeah, yeah,
2: oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. the
0: typography yeah. is not visible yeah
2: yeah, we, yeah I mean <laughs> yeah, yes. oh my god, we, we understand that also that's persp- but I think it's so um like responding to a question I think that's that aspect is something that each designer does, but then each designer feels like how he, she, or that they, how they are responding is is a kind of logical response. Like it makes really sense when, like, regarding the content. And uh, of course, that's always very different for everyone. So it can be more like visually more put in the back, or very conceptually, or very, I don't know very present in a a way. I always think that's so, yeah, so nice to think about it like that. But also what you say, Drew, of this kind of in the middle feeling and the process that is documented, that idea is really something that we literally talk about when we are designing. So we talk often about something that shouldn't feel too finished in a way. Like there's always be something added or also when we're making a book or so it's really... Really cool to hear that you kind of pick that up out of it because for for us somehow that's really, really important to to not want to make like the the, the most monumental biggest thing that feels like it's set in stone because it's it's yeah. just a slice of time like whatever medium it is it's always
3: this slice yeah it should always live mm-hmm. on and it's should it's I really like it when it has this open ended kind of feeling. And that uh, it's not like we want to say like this is how it is, but there are options. This is our way, uh, but it could also go a different way. It can, yeah. Um, yeah, it,
2: yeah. That, that makes it less. Um, it like it makes it more lively for for my feeling. Yeah, and just and of course we do, totally don't believe in this crystal goblet idea. Like this is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah maybe
2: Um, design medicine uh packaging no but also (laughs) i really really appreciate designers who can you know Mm -hmm. work like that it's not like it's something that i don't like as when i see it but it's more like from my own uh uh perspective it i would be so bored out if that would be no (laughs) yeah Mm
1: -hmm. i think i think yeah uh some people can can, some designers can get overwhelmed with a lack of structure or a lack of resolution that they're working towards and and mm-hmm. i and myself i i like to kind of create a mess and then like solve the mess in my own mm-hmm. version image of what that mess could be uh but i think that's like a really off-putting thing for some designers and and that's yeah. just like a preference um yeah so i'm just curious how yeah like mentally what does it feel like when you guys are kind of making this, I don't want to use the word mask because I don't think that's necessarily how you would view it, but for lack of a better term, like making this sort of like um, ass- 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 assortment of, <laughs> of graphic languages and just kind of like throwing them together and moving them around. And, you know, that could be like a thing where no one knows when, when it's done, when to stop or when to yeah, mm-hmm. it print. Yeah. Like, what is it like for you guys working in that way?
2: Yeah, I think we we always in that kind of maybe mix or soup or you know whatever it is we we always search for a kind of rhythm. I think the rhythm of things is a is yeah, it's also something for us to to kind of hold on to. And this this rhythm or pattern or something not like not, not a literal pattern but a kind of this kind of rhythm in things. I I think is it true that I might turn, t- tend to make more of a mess and then you bring in more structure and then we yeah, make a bit of a mess and then we make a structure yeah. and then in yeah. the end there's this 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 balance where we both agree like yeah. okay this is enough mess and enough structure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I yeah. think that's that's yeah. a
2: bit how it would go yeah. right? Yeah,
3: I think so. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. It. Yeah. I think and for then- the we
2: we made this bi- really big curtain uh, last year and that is like f- this very visual like um like you that's that's you design a a jacquard weave so it's kind of printed with this big weaving machine um and what's really nice about it is that you can make a design beforehand but then it will totally change once you're weaving it so there's a lot of like last minute decisions in it and and reactions but the actual file that you design is just this very flat um lay flat layered pixel pixel design almost in in photoshop or like we did it in illustrator um and then i think there it was really clear that i i really liked it when it was really a mess and then you were like no i'm kind of cleaning it up and i was like oh no but now is it now it's too yeah that's for me because it was such a visual thing that we were working on that was that really came out there yeah yeah yeah
3: then i'm I'm all the time looking for what's why is it there and why is it there
2: yeah
3: yeah yeah and i think in general we we are really uh but maybe that's also uh, changing over time but uh like our sketching yeah. process is quite elaborate we really sketch a lot yeah we make but lot. not all the
2: time actually yeah, i mean i think sometimes i think now it, now it it's, should be more it's less, actually yeah. but that's another thing yeah. Yeah. But-
1: there's like there's also like this like curiosity and like intuitive quality which we've talked about already a bit that like mm. also feels yeah meditative and very kind of organic and i know there's like Mm -hmm. a lot of discussion around strategy and coming up with ideas in design that are really solid and then building that Mm -hmm. out, which doesn't necessarily always allow for this like intuitive Mm -hmm. process. Um, And and in the same way that like moniker would do like um, conditional design or something where it's like, you're kind of designing these, these like frameworks with which a lot of things Mm -hmm. can happen Um, and I feel like there's like an intentionality to create play for yourselves and like kind of document that play. I'm curious if the, if the playful aspect is, if you, I don't know if you ever thought of it this way, but if there is like a kind of political ideology behind like bringing play and like fun and like levity into design work and like kind of making the experience something that people can find delight and in, enjoy in yeah. even in a context that maybe is more because like you know you're working with like art institutions or maybe some some sorts of like highbrow high-minded elevated worlds but doing this sort of like childlike curiosity approach um, there's like a kind of interesting yeah. tension yeah I
2: yeah. think um, in terms of well political i would i would say like um it has to do with not searching for like searching for not one perfect outcome, yeah, and in that sense uh, i don't know if you could call it political but it's it is i think maybe you i mean there is a reaction to yeah to design that is that is there and is only is really what it is, and really you know there's no room for something else like mm. um Yeah, we think it shouldn't be that. So in that sense, it is some kind of reaction, um, I think. But also now I think um, it's funny that you say it because we just did this big project for this fashion biennale in Arnhem, state of fashion. And we made this kind of exquisite identity, like exquisite corpse identity with them. Mm. Also, like deriving on the idea, like there were so many fashion designers participating, but not really big names, uh, so to say, because that was also really their intention, like to question, like mm. what what is happening in the fashion world now. So of course, this really asked for mm. uh, a treatment in which, like every participant would be visible in, in the same way, like in the same, yeah, the, there would be no hierarchy. And they really asked us also as graphic designers for their identity because of the mm-hmm. workshops that we do with our students in Arnhem. So that was also quite um, quite nice to be asked, like also with that as a really strong factor and not only the, uh, the visual, I don't know, the visual side of our previous work or something. So in that sense, I think they were also making, they were making a political statement and then they thought our design fit in in this way and also in terms of um using color um, um we talked a lot with them about color and um not really like oh it should be this color or it should be that color but just this the way of like there was this thought like maybe we shouldn't use any white mm. in the whole identity like in the whole in the whole design ever because white has this certain Like they didn't want to refer to this kind of clean cube or this clean. Yeah. That that, that white was also really modernism for them. Um, And that was, that was really nice to talk about also to talk about color, you know, from, from that, from that perspective and um, how you can make a statement like, like sister Corita Kent is also a huge, like we we really, we really love her work. it, the, like also in in that sense to 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 make a certain to say something yeah. but then mm-hmm. really also use color as a tool
3: yeah and and also not pretend like oh yeah the mm-hmm. world is as uh overzichtelijk like this is mm-hmm. so structured as graphic design is sometimes but also to show like there is sometimes a bit of a messy side or a bit of a playful side or and, and also a lot of, of, a lot of there are a lot questions. of
2: questions yeah
1: yeah i i actually think that's it's interesting now too thinking about that because this idea of like postmodernism was like new like like very w- long time ago and now it's like everything yeah. <laughs> is yeah. postmodern yeah. all of a sudden except for like tech like tech isn't, but now it's like, oh, Nike's postmodern. Like, how is like yeah. a like athletics company postmodern? Like, I don't know. But like everything is. But I feel like there is a difference between what you're doing and a lot of Dutch design, frankly. That's like there's like a purity to it, where it's like purely graphic, purely typographic. Like it's not like you're working with like yeah. 3D or like these sorts of like crazy yeah. textures or like cha- chaotic like, um, I don't know. It's not like based in technology so much as it is based Mm -hmm. in like craft um i don't know what that's just an observation that i think is interesting that i'm curious what you think about that and like how you feel like postmodernism when it gets it's oversaturated it's like now like even mcdonald's is like like not that it is but it's like you know is mcdonald's is like turning their type at weird angles and like jumbling it all up like everybody's kind of like on that bandwagon now you know it's
3: a bit like this fashion kind of it feels a bit like this fashion trends a bit like stylistic right and i think Mm -hmm. i think a bit like uh, like... this technology we're also really um you know thinking about that like what kind of role do we want that to play in our work and like often we really um like it when you can still see we like to play a lot with layers and that that we make a kind of dense design sometimes, but that you can still see how it's made and that that you can see the hand of the designer. That's that's us, that you can still... uh, Yeah, it's not that. that It's it's,
2: not a trick with technology, like see how far it can go, or it's not... um, That's also working with 3D, then... then, um, it it's, it feels so polished so quickly, like the, mm-hmm. it feels so polished so quickly, and that's just something that we that we don't like. And then almost adding a quirk or adding a, it's really adding something that doesn't work instead of. Yeah, sometimes it feels a bit like like the other way around. Yeah. But I think yeah now now it feels there's a lot of like there's this postmodern super high density. Um, yeah, in 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 almost everything. So in in a sense, I'm also looking forward to the next reaction to that, where it's I don't know yeah. uh, what what is the new new take on modernism from today's perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's interesting because I was reading an article yesterday about teenagers who are now, they call them, they've created these luddite clubs, like anti-technology clubs. So they give up their smartphone yeah. and they f- choose to flip phone <laughs> and they start reading books again. So I think there is like a
1: counter movement. Um. Graphic support group, how may I assist you? <sighs> <sighs> I'm freaking out.
0: I don't know. I'm feeling really out of touch with design, and my career feels stale. I want to keep exploring, but I don't know where to seek inspiration, what work I want to do, or who I even am anymore. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Calm down. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. This sounds serious, but I think I might be able to help. Have you thought of taking a sabbatical? (sighs) I can't take a year off from work. That's for rock stars. Good point. Might I suggest you apply to grad school? Grad school for graphic design? Yes, grad school is a great way to take your thinking and skills to the next level. Would you like to explore some options?
0: Well, how much does a program like that cost? I don't have a hundred k just lying around.
1: Good point. Grad school is fairly expensive. Hmm. I may have something for you. Yes. He- here it is. Yes. Okay. This is what I was looking for. Vermont College of Fine Arts MFA in graphic design. It's a low residency program designed to help designers like you. I think it could be a really wonderful solution to help you refocus your creative energies on yourself without having to sacrifice your life or bank account. Really? This sounds too good to be true.
0: Please tell me more. Do you think it could help me recalibrate my creative energies?
1: Well, VCFA is an individual-focused program where the institution's world-class faculty works with you one-on-one throughout the semester from wherever you reside. They then gather twice a year for one-week residencies where all of the students are able to share and make work in an intimate and intensive environment. Hmm. So what goes on outside of the residency? What
0: happens throughout the rest of the semester?
1: Well, that's the interesting part. You're able to build a budding design practice steeped in history, theory, and studio work in your own space and on your own schedule. It's a mix of self-study and robust guided advising. It's perfect for somebody like you.
0: Wow, that does sound pretty ideal for me. You know, just the right balance of challenge and discipline.
1: Sounds pretty cool. It is. You will join a vibrant community of artists, educators, and practitioners who are all looking to grow their individual design practices. The residencies allow for close exchange with both faculty members and students. Plus, your network of creatives will grow dramatically and internationally. You'll be joining a community of passionate creators who will support you, and you'll gain discipline in your career because you'll be doing it on your own terms, on your own schedule. Plus, the one faculty to four student ratio allows for a really close-knit experience, along with the ability to choose your advisors. Wow! That all sounds great! And you're sure I don't have to move to Vermont? Yes, you're able to pursue your creative endeavors while staying right where you are. That's amazing! How do I apply? You can apply and find out all the information you'll need by visiting vcfa.edu. If you have any questions, their offices are just an email or phone call away. Wow. Thanks, GSG. I knew I could count on you. No, thank you. We're always here for you. Support is what we do. Full disclosure, James Shea is a visiting faculty member at VZFA. This is a paid advertisement.
0: But I, I want to kind of go back to this sense of openness. And I, what's like interesting about the work that I have found is that is, there's a diversity that... As two creators, you create a very diverse range of representations, both graphically and formally and conceptually. But what I find, like, if there's anything political that I read in it is that there's like an argument for diversity by presenting a lot of diverse options. But also, I find a lot of the work also presents the question that you're asking yourselves in a very welcoming manner and like kind of opens the door for new possibilities. and. I'm I'm trying to connect this to the next question is that uh, this idea of community, um, you're based in Rotterdam, you've been there since for like, from the beginning of your founding, right? Or where you guys did you guys move there in the early years? Um, But I'm curious, like, I feel like you guys have also built a community around your practice. I know you guys also run TTHQ, which is sort of like a gallery storefront space, and you know you're you're in amongst a community of other creatives that are based in Rotterdam. And like, I don't know how much Rotterdam plays into their identities, but like, that is part of the, I think, representation in some ways because. Um, yes, I'm curious about how like that community developed, what roles you guys play and just like, you know, if there's any shared attitudes or perspectives.
3: Mm-hmm. I think like also with setting up this DTHQ, uh, front space that we have, um, when we moved into this, uh, studio space, it's in the center of Rotterdam. I think that's, that was there was also quite a step in that that we could really feel like we are uh this this point in Rotterdam and
2: we can Mm. open our doors and uh we're on ground level yeah Yeah, also kind of practical Mm -hmm. practical things like that yeah we just thought like we were thinking all the time of about making a studio party or like you know invite people that we knew and then we were like okay maybe we should uh instead of that present together with an artist present their work and then the opening is the kind of studio party or something to make it more interactive and also yeah i want to say less about ourselves but it's that's also not true in a sense because it's (laughs) our space of course (laughs) and (laughs) we ask this
3: person to do something
2: yeah but it's it is um i think it's it's really important to relate to the design community um and to be a part of it and not only be you know i i i wouldn't want like us like being not a part of it and only focusing on the work and being like working in indesign behind the computer as many hours a day the most important part of our work or something yeah um, and it really feels like that sometimes it still <laughs> feels like yeah. that yeah totally um, but also teaching for me is a big part of that mm-hmm. as well of creating a dialogue um with other people that that are not commissioners but that are in the same scope um mm-hmm. yeah so I think it that's that for me is also a really important part of uh, of designing but um yeah, yeah.
3: it's yeah it's quite It's quite funny how you sometimes, uh, if you don't pay attention, you're just in your studio all the time behind your computer working. And uh, then you look up and it's like, oh yeah, shit, I'm here in this physical place and we can Mm. also do something here and go outside and meet people. And Mm. uh, especially also now when we had just had the COVID times, of course.
0: Right i think the, this leads me to my other question so both of you have become mothers like fairly recently within the past couple of years mm-hmm. and we've talked about motherhood like obviously drew and i don't have children and we're <laughs> we're not mothers but i'm i'm always <laughs> curious how mothers. yeah <laughs> uh, i'm always curious we've we've talked about motherhood with uh, becca la Coren and also michelle phillips and just like I'm always curious, not just from the mother perspective, but also just curious about this kind of, I think there's a fear amongst young creatives and designers that like, once you reach a certain period in life and once you have a family, like things are going to change dramatically for the Mm -hmm. worse. And uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we've talked about that with Michelle too, like how she sort of, thought that she could operate like normally and work long hours and stuff. And then had to like, had a, a, a very unfortunate experience that kind of forced her to recognize the needs and demands of having a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious how like team Thursday has adapted, what's kind of been new and in bringing into your lives and like how things have, have evolved and like how it's kind yeah. of changed your view on creativity
2: yeah it yeah. is like um we we can so i'm um uh i'm just a mother since like almost a year only mm. and um lose her daughter is now two and a half right yeah so already a bit longer but i have to say um i think once you're both mothers there's a better understanding of motherhood and kind of the the, the fact that having, having a daughter, we both have a daughter, um, really, really, um, for me, it really changed my life. Um, it's like all these cliches are, are so true. Um, and with that is also, so, um, yeah. Um, but it's still a search for how to adapt. Like for me, it was really, it also, it also hit me in the face, uh, almost like how, how my work life had to change. And, um, I mean, you can hear about it, what you want for me, it was like, I could hear about it, what I, you know, beforehand, but I didn't know what it meant at all. Um, and it's still a search of adapting, trying to find enough time and space, not only to finish the work that we have, but also make, make room for making, making new ideas and making more work. Like a bit, a while ago we were talking about sketching just now. Um, And then Lou said, "Well, we sketch a lot." And then I said, "Yeah, but we don't sketch enough." And that's like the the last year; it's just been like, "Fuck, where's our time?" (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, it's so we have to be very aware of uh, that. We don't become too result driven, Um, but also allowing us some time to adapt at the same time. Yeah, like not being too strict. Um, Mm. But but I think it um, for me it from the moment I think that my daughter was there, I also uh, now have, I think a more strong feeling about that. I want to, um, give my time to good, good things. So, uh, not only when I'm with her, but also in the studio that, um, I mean, we're in this, I mean, I, we're not there yet, but I'm, I feel like now I'm sometimes really more frustrating about projects that I don't want to take on because I want to spend my time on other things. Um also in the work. I really want my want to spend my time on things that, that matter to me. So um in that sense for me it brings this focus even more because I just don't have so much time. Like as time is this weird concept that when you when you become a mother, that it changes yeah. completely. That's yeah. So um I don't know yeah. what do you think
3: Yeah no it's it's really this balance exactly like what you say in the work that you are balancing your head uh, between a few things and uh this balance between not wanting to be so result driven because that's really frustrating the work and not making it open and free and and but also like um using your time efficiently. So th- this, this balance is quite, in a practical sense, that's quite hard for me, I think, uh, because I always, people were telling me like, oh, when you become a parent, then you will use your time more efficiently. And I think that's really the case, but it shouldn't be that efficient that it's like everything becomes flat. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, I think, still a bit of a, um, yeah, uh, Sometimes hard to find out, and uh we have periods of time that it that it goes very well. And then sometimes it's like, oh yeah, wait, we are too much in this flow, and um so we have to be really sharp on that a bit. And I th- I agree totally with what you say about wanting to spend your time in a way that you want, like in a good way. Because when we beforehand, a few years back, we were just, you know, sitting in our studio and then we would say, like, oh, let's watch this Beyonce video. And then we would go outside and then we would work. And then it was like 10 o'clock in the evening and it didn't matter at all because time was just uh, on our hands. And now it's so different. I think the, the, also the, the, the aspect that you have someone who is always you know counting on you that you have to be if if someone calls like okay your daughter is sick or you have to you know be there so uh there is also this sense of being also always on the yeah in 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 somebody else's interest as well like not only for yourself Mm. but there's somebody who you have to be there for but of course um yeah it's it's also brings these good things that you really want to you know you have to just make decisions and that's that's also pretty good yeah it's also
0: it's great to hear because i'm always curious like what uh mothers and fathers and like parents become more protective of and it's It's great to hear that, like, not only have you become more protective of the time that you spend with your families and also spend with uh, on your work, but also how you're spending that working time for what Mm -hmm. mission and what purpose and you've become in some sense more uh protective of how you're spending that time because there are people who depend on Mm -hmm. you now and that that the value that you derive from the work is in a different form so that's that's really great to hear
3: Yeah. yeah and i also think what i also kind of like i mean it's a bit double because everything is a contrast, I think, but I, I I think this aspect of structuring the time can also be quite good. Uh, for me, I also like that, uh, in a way.
0: <laughs> it's magic, in a sense. Any blank canvas forming into an idea is a true, inexplicable gift from yourself to yourself, and to whomever else may engage with it. Whether you acknowledge it or not, your process, however messy, chaotic, disciplined, stressful, loose, frenzied, is a source of magic, and a glimmer of hope to cling to. Embrace your magic, and find peace in its frequency. Slow down and watch the magic happen before your eyes.
1: Yeah, like I'm always curious about like boundary setting too in terms of like family and relationships and especially with you two working together, but also like having children and having like a life in work and outside of work like you, you're friends, but you're also partners like how do you kind of navigate these boundaries and say, like, you know, say your daughter is like, I want to go get ice cream. And you're like, I'm in the middle of like this thing, yeah. or you're like, I want to spend time with my daughter this weekend, but I have this deadline. Like how, yeah. how do you kind of like sort through that? I know yeah. that's a big question, but.
3: Yeah, I think um, it's it, uh, for me, it's really about, I I, I can't do if I do both things half, then it's it's quite hard, then uh, both will be uh, a disaster. So normally when I go home now uh, in the evening, I'm really focused on what's happening there and that I'm with my daughter and with my partner and that we have our time together. And then, um, so so I really think more in blocks of time, I think now and where I can spend my time for myself and where I can spend time um, yeah uh, taking care of uh, things and taking care of my daughter um, but it's also about taking littles like uh, uh, for instance on these free days then my daughter goes to sleep in the afternoon and i'm like okay i have an hour to do this but uh, that's not the relaxed time that you want to have on certain uh, work that you want to do but then You know, in these, that's more like in practical jobs that need to be done or that you can just do some practical things. Uh, so it's really about taking the moments that present themselves and, uh, otherwise. Yeah. But it is also, yeah,
2: for me, it's still a continuous frustration, I think. So maybe because also I'm new in it and, uh, but, but, uh, I I heard some people say like for the first few years or something you have to do you have you have to be satisfied with the six just like if you get a grade as a you know a, a yeah. six for something it should be fine and I'm trying to see on which in which parts I can I can live with that like cooking okay a six just if it's hot it's fine whatever <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but and also social interactions maybe a bit less than but then for me then work and my daughter are really the most important things so i really try to put put as much time in that but um, then yeah we were also
3: talking about like you also need sometimes time for yourself like without anything yeah that's, I mean, that's horrible that's, that's quite that's hard like, to, yeah, uh, yeah yeah Just to do something totally different or to...
2: But also for for work, I think that helps. So that also helps. Just taking some time off uh, because you have to, then sometimes also leads to a certain new idea or just... Freshness. uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like how do you prioritize that time given the new responsibilities and the work responsibilities? Yeah, it is also...
2: yeah but also about taking trying to see the lightness in things and the humor and humor mm-hmm. and in things and yeah not being uh, making perfect. jokes and not taking everything too 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 heavy mm, right, uh, right. for me like when I got my daughter i I experienced these these kind of anxiety that I never had before, like mm. uh worrying about her um I'm not really an anxious person, but suddenly all these thoughts were there um but now. I'm also, I've learned kind of not to take that too seriously and mm. making jokes about it and, um, that also helps to balance everything out. Not to, not to, I think it's also with work. It's never like one, one project that you're working on is the project and is the most important project, but it's always a kind of step in, in, uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in your work. And, um, also thinking about it like that, I think also really, really helps to take off some pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm also curious like if having a kid, I I this I used the word child like before and I, that doesn't mean to be like diminutive at all. Like I love using that word in a way uh, in talking about art and like creation and craft, mm-hmm. but do you think that like there's been even more kind of play and like additional sort of like um joy and delight in the work since having <laughs> Ch- children or do you think the I, don't same? Know.
2: I don't
3: know i, don't know. No. I, I think not really
2: <laughs> a lot of anxiety
3: more yeah. uh, no. pressure
2: <laughs> and no but it does of course looking at also in terms of equality between the the mother and the father like we both have baby fathers that we are still <laughs> quite close with so to speak so like we, we, we both, we balance everything out um, quite evenly between us and our um, our husbands. But um, in terms of you really become aware of this, also design-wise, like that the mother always takes the caring role or we are always addressed first um, about our daughters. And these things, like design-wise, I think are, are things that we get more, more and more aware of. So that mm-hmm. is something that's... Yeah, I don't know as designers I, I would think of yeah yeah when I would have to make I don't know also something for oh yeah people that are not our age but oh yeah. Or something. yeah 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 but I think in our work no but we also never really think of oh let's put in some playfulness in our work or something you know or or um it's something that you that we can that we can recognize afterwards, but it's yeah,
3: yeah, it's not a goal. yeah, I, I think uh but it's quite funny that a lot of people that that I can see around me that they have children, and then they are working in different ways, or they make things for like a lot of product designers or maybe some graphic designers also like making books for children, yeah. and I really don't feel that. No, that's urge.
2: <laughs> no, I feel more like no. Spend my time. With <laughs> yeah. Do super well.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're coming up on time here, but I think Drew had one last question, and then we also like to come up with a mantra. So um, I have one that I'll share after Drew's question.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I was just curious about this tendency in some of your work to sort of interrogate or like interpolate or subvert like ready-made form. So like you'll take type typography that already exists and like kind of like stretch parts of it. Um, Well, there was a particular project that I was going to reference, but uh, I don't have it up right now. (laughs) What was it? Oh, even, I mean, obviously like using dashes in like kind of like playful, like illustrative ways or um, the do it, do it ourselves book where like all the letters Mm -hmm. are sort of messed up in some capacity. Um, yeah. I'm curious about the impulse to kind of like explore the boundaries of existing forms. Cause that seems to be something that you do a lot. Um, and also like how you feel about like design standards and like these themes of kind of like what's ugly and what's beautiful and like the tensions between those things. Um, because a lot of the times work that is trying to be like fucked up or like messy or chaotic it has like a kind of undertone that's a bit like negative or like kind of cynical but there isn't really any cynicism to this work in my opinion that i'm noticing Mm -hmm. so i'm curious like yeah it's not like what what is like the positive version of being like sort of a punk or like being sort of like not wanting to follow rules
2: yeah i guess it's like like to do it ourselves um letters that, like, um, it also has to do with this sense of unfinishedness or like that something can also be something else. So um, with these letters, it was, it was the already existing typeface um, by Dynamo. And then we, of course, we, we emailed them like, because we were looking into this type that was just um, printed on A4s and printed on Windows. And Mm -hmm. then we were like okay let's stretch these letters so we we asked them if we could do that um but we yeah we we also we 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 really appreciate a certain crookedness in things um so um yeah it's not easy to make something beautiful i don't want to say that Um, i don't also yeah but but it's um if something is only very good looking then i yeah i don't know yeah. <laughs> i like it when there's <laughs> a kind of uh, error, yeah. when there's something feels not totally right or something yeah um and just this sense of like we also um the last letter by by bold decisions we we use that a lot it's it's a super super it's a letter that that can be applied for a lot of things because it's so Chris kind of it. neutral in a in a sense but then we we also we are stretching it a lot. We know also Mats quite good from so he's totally okay with it. Um mm-hmm. but just to make make something else of, of something that already exists, I think we yeah. we we think that's totally um yeah.
3: I think like already what you said, like this tension between the recognizable standard kind of form and then turning it into some something that's more unexpected, I think that tension is quite uh I think that's a really interesting aspect. Like you see something that you recognize, but then hey, there's something else going on. And and of course also with these standards shapes, uh, there's in graphic design there's a lot of standards, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's also not for nothing that they are there. So yeah. um yeah. we also like this directness of it, this yeah. no nonsense kind of like it's there, so why not use it? Yeah. But then turning it into our own hands and uh twisting it how we how it becomes a little bit more uh characteristic or uh, Hmm. special yeah specific yeah
1: yeah it's always interesting (laughs) to me i'm just i'm curious where the impulse comes from but it's it's always like it's probably something like you don't think about that often you know like why are we trying why are we so interested in interpolating or like kind of remixing things that already exist but i think that's what you're kind of describing is like because you like the tension between what's recognizable and what right what right. could be something new or like something you've never seen before
3: yeah
0: um yeah. so in in kind of summary, I have one <laughs> mantra that I thought would be good. It's not something okay. that was a super long running theme, but I would say my mantra contribution would be find the rhythm.
3: Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, like I like that, that also. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good... I mean, it's Friday, so it's like a good way to uh, go into <laughs> In the week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for uh, making the time. It, it was great to see you both again, and um, it's great to have you on. Um, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah it, thank I, you for joining. really liked it.
0: Graphic Support Group is created by James Che and Drew Lidowitz. The meditations and hotline are voiced by Elizabeth Leaper. Editing by James and Drew. Cover art and graphics by Drew Litowitz. Our theme music is by Marble
1: Rye. Thank you for your support and listenership. Please stay tuned for new episodes and updates through our Substack. Follow us on social media at
0: graphic underscore support underscore group on Instagram and email us
1: at help at graphicsupportgroup.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps in spreading the word about this podcast and allows us to continue making a space for open conversations in the design world.